Welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. Today's guest, Perry Nicholson. Perry, thank you very much for coming on. We are super excited to have you today. Go ahead and give the listeners a little background on yourself, please. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you, gentlemen, for having me on. And I love the name of your podcast. You know, I'm all about movement. And that's how we kind of hooked up in the first place, right? Yeah. Uh, in the movement world. And I got to say, before I start talking about my stuff, how much I love the stick mobility. You you were kind enough to give me some of them. I think I have like early models. Oh, you uh, still, yeah, you you still got the first the, gen. The, yes. That did, man. You yes, know, you got the first gen. The, the kung fu grip things on the end <laughs> but i tell you i love those things and honestly they were very instrumental in helping me recover from my quad tendon tear because of doing the the isometrics and those movements mm-hmm. really helped me recover so i just want to say thank you i love all the work that you're doing it was very helpful for me personally well thank you, well, thank um, you very much thank you for that yeah man. We appreciate that. So yeah, a, a little bit about me. Well, um, let's see. I'm, I'm the owner of Stop Chasing Pain, which is my business. It's trying to help people all over the world to try to heal and recover from all types of pain, from chronic pain, physical pain, emotional pain. And the whole premise is to not just treat where they hurt, but look everywhere else as well. <laughs> That's kind of my motto. My my degree was in chiropractic, I think, 23 years ago, which is, I can't believe I have to say 23 years <laughs> now. But, you know, it's crazy because people, I don't even tell people I'm a chiropractor anymore because when I say that, they automatically think that of what I do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. like, I just take care of backs or back pain, and I don't really do too much of that anymore. I honestly can't even describe what I do. It's almost <laughs> like this hybrid mix of anything and everything that I need to do that I've studied over the years to try to help people. I think the biggest thing that I try to do is to take complex things and make them very simple and basic and fundamental and applicable to help people heal. That's one of the reasons why I think movement works so great because it can do so many wonderful things and it's not that complicated and how you can do some amazing things with a single stick. I mean, right. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. this, fundamentals and basics. And that's what got me into what we're going to talk about today with the lymphatic system as a fundamental and a basic, uh, just that most people have no idea that it exists. That's all. (laughs) And and then when you do, you usually say, why in the hell didn't somebody tell me this a long time ago? (laughs) Very true. Yes. That pretty much brought me to where I am right now. So like you alluded to, today's subject matter is the lymphatic system. We know a lot of listeners right now are like the lymphatic what? And so they don't have any concept of what it is. So let's introduce them to that, please. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And, you know, honestly, I had the same reaction. Oh, did you? <laughs> five, five, I did. Well, five years ago, because it's probably a, a context to give you my story. You know, I've been in healthcare for 23 years and I've been studying a lot of different disciplines from, you know, musculoskeletal system and the nervous system and pain science and all these different things that you can do to help people become healthy and heal. And I was doing that. In the background, something was slowly happening to me where my body was actually falling apart. I came down with an autoimmune disease, which means that I got sick and nobody really knows what it was or why it happened. And the traditional, everything that I knew was not really helping. I mean, it, it may have been preventing me from getting worse, but it certainly wasn't helping me recover the way I wanted to. 
And the traditional approaches from medicine when they were trying to help me were making me way worse, slowly killing me. They weren't doing it on purpose. It's just their, the way that they do things. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew that I had to look for answers that were not there. I was missing something that I was not seeing. And, and in all honesty, I think I've been looking for some, this my whole life because one of the things that's always been in the back of my mind is not so much why people get sick because that's part of being alive, right? But you're not supposed to stay sick. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to yeah, no. be injured all the time. You're not supposed to be tired, fatigued, lethargic, and have all these disease names that we just become used to hearing and we think it's normal. It's not normal. The, the human body is designed to recover and adapt and be, and be resilient. And just because you get older in your quote unquote years doesn't mean your body has to decay. And then you get this BS stuff where they say you're just getting older, which infuriates me <laughs> because I'm, I just turned 54 and I feel better and move better than I did when I was 24 without question. Yeah. You just have to know how to do it. So I was really bad, guys. I had to stop teaching. I had to stop traveling. I had to stop uh, seeing clients. I closed my office. I could, I'm not even sure if you knew this. I, I no, no. could barely function. I could barely function. I was taking four or five naps a day. My memory was going. I had brain fog. I was actually headlong into a neurodegenerative disorders with Alzheimer's type symptoms where I could barely remember things that happened minutes before. And I was into, I had a nervous breakdown and a physical breakdown. I was bad. It was that suffering that led me to search for answers and seek things that I never would have looked for before because I was not suffering, right? I mean, when you're comfortable, why do you want to change? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So It was a big lesson for me that, you know, the universe saw it that, hey, Harry, I'm going to kick your ass because I need you to learn something here to, to try to change the world. That's kind of the way I look at it. And I, I came across the lymphatic system and by, uh, I went to a workshop in London to start to study energy medicine from a standpoint of what the cells need in order to heal, recover, and regenerate from an energy standpoint. At that workshop, somebody said, I think I know what your problem might be. And I'm like, well, can you tell me? Because I'd love to know. And I said, I think your lymphatic system is this, an issue. And I said exactly what you said. And that's what? because i never really thought about it i mean the lymphatic system is we'll get more into about what it is in a moment but it's a system that not many people hear about unless you have two things if you have cancer then you hear about lymph because cancer can spread throughout the human body via the lymphatic system it's called a metastasis and the other one is when you have what's called lymphedema. That's where you have a body part that might swell up with fluid or inflammation to sometimes four or five times the original size. Then they know oh, lymphedema. But I never even thought about it. And this person uh, proceeded to do a lymph assessment on me. And they, they press their fingers in areas of the body where you have what they call lymph nodes. Lymph nodes are gatherings of the lymphatic system that are designed to protect you and heal you. The, the basic function of the lymphatic system is to kill stuff, like bad things. It's part of your immune system, and it's also part of your cardiovascular system, which many people are really blown away by. But its job is to kill bacteria, viruses, all different types of viruses, parasites, fungus, cancer, metabolic waste, and cellular waste. That means that's the waste of your own cells that die naturally 
from you just being alive every day because you have like literally billions of cells always dying and then you make new ones. Mm -hmm. But those old ones, they need to get out. If they stay in you, that's not good. That's toxicity. The lymphatic system, that's its primary job, right? Is to keep bad stuff from killing you. And when it gets in, it has to get rid of it. So for me, when he did all these assessments, I was blown away because these areas were excruciatingly painful and I never even knew that they were painful. And here's the, here's the catch. Even if I did know they were painful, I wouldn't be thinking that they're painful because my lymph system was a problem. You follow? Yes. I would be saying, oh, well, well, my my uh, sternocleidomastoid or my tech miter is sore, or this an, it's an irritated nerve, right? And mm-hmm. where where they pressed first was a place that I have everybody check, and you can do it now if you're watching or listening. But the largest lymph node in your neck, and, and a node is kind of like a, a big giant kidney, like a filter system, right? And they gather together in clumps. And the largest one in is in the neck is right at the top of the neck behind the angle of the jaw, right in front, uh, right below your ear, there's that little space as high as you can get. So mm. you feel on the right with a couple of fingers, and then you feel on the left with a couple of fingers on both sides. And you see, does it feel puppy? Does it feel tender? Does it feel sore or painful? And if it doesn't, that's awesome. That's what you okay. want. Right. Mine, were, mine were horrific. Mine were painful. And they were very swollen because they were congested, obstructed, stagnated. And see, I'm a chiropractor. So when you push there, I would originally say, that's the first and second vertebra in your neck, <laughs> C1 and C2. Yeah. And I would, I would adjust to manipulate that and then bing, bang, boom, I'm done. But the reframe for me was that is painful because the lymphatics were congested and obstructed. And then there was a lot of inflammation in there that was irritating the nerves and irritating the muscle and restricting some blood flow in my neck and into my brain, which might explain why my brain fog was so bad because I had toxicity in the brain. We'll get into it later and why this matters for the brain and how the brain uh, functions and how somebody moves and how they interpret pain. And so he just made his way around all the lymph nodes in my body. And I hated this dude by the end of it because it (laughs) sucked, man. Like I I said, I told this guy, I said, you have fingers of Satan, man. (laughs) (laughs) And what what you'll find is that these nodes gather around big primary joints of your body that need to move a lot. Because the lymphatic system it functions two primary ways through movement. So the the more you move of yourself, the more you move the lymphatics. So movement is a great thing. And the other way is through breathing, particularly breathing through the diaphragm, which many of your listeners might know what it is, that the primary muscle everybody uses when you breathe in and out. That changes pressure inside your body, but in particular your abdomen, and then that pumps the fluid. So that that gets those areas moving and it get, keeps the fluid from being stagnant mm. like that way, right? And nature's pretty smart because she put all these lymph nodes, these clusters. You have about 6 to 700 lymph nodes in your body depending on the resources that you look at and they they clump together and they're gathered 
around primary joints. I showed you one at the top neck. So most of the motion in your head and the neck should happen right at the top. Right there mm -hmm. is where most of it happens. And the other one is at the, the bottom of the neck at the collarbone. That's where all the lymph ends up draining to this region back to your heart, which we'll cover in a little bit when we talk about the cardiovascular system. But the other cluster around around your shoulder joints, because right? you're supposed to move these arms like right. a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Reach overhead, you know, go backwards, things like that. Not just hunched forward and round and using your thumb, your phone, mm -hmm. right? Then the other ones are in your hips and your groin. So they're designed to for your hip go into extension and rotation and all these different moves. And uh, the other one is behind your knees because you're, you're supposed, supposed to walk. To yeah. You're supposed to move. Yeah. And the other one is right in your abdomen, right in the center of your abdomen that fixed what we call your quote unquote core. And that's supposed to move a lot because you're supposed to twist and rotate when you move. Right. Mm -hmm. yep. And most humans don't move. They sit too much. And when they sit, the knees are always in flexion. Mm -hmm. The hips are always flexed. The abdomen is crunched down, the shoulders are rounded forward, and the head is locked in looking at a phone, and all those joints don't move. Mm -hmm. And then they don't breathe through the diaphragm, no. and they're breathing through their shoulders or their neck or their heart. They're probably holding their breath and not breathing at all. So they don't do either one of those, and the fluid becomes stagnant. And here's the here's the fun part because I have people in the fitness world, and this is that's what they do. It's like they say, Doc, shouldn't my lymph be really, really good? Because movement's my thing, man. That's what I do all day. And then I know about 500 different ways to breathe through the diaphragm because I've been to like 500 different breathing courses, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then but that's what I was doing, guys. I was doing the same thing. Yeah. I know movement and I know breathing, but my limp was still a mess. And the question is why? Because what happens is through so many years of neglect or uh, having to deal with so many toxins that are coming at it from the outside world all the time, not to mention that the toxins you have that you knowingly stick down your throat, mm -hmm. which is the food that you eat. Or the toxic thoughts that you have, the stress that you have, the tension and the tightness that you have from stress, it becomes so overloaded that movement and breathing is no longer enough. You have to physically go in there and manually release the blockages. And I compare it to if lymph is mostly water. So mm -hmm. think about water coming down a stream and then it hits a block of rocks. Mm -hmm. It's not going to flow until you move the damn rocks, right? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we teach people to do. I'll teach you the big six later, which just means I just told you the six places mm -hmm. that limp needs to move the most. And if you can just move those places before you actually physically move uh, and before you breathe, you'll notice a huge difference on that. And then this is where people usually ask me, well, why does the limp get so backed up? Because we're living in a world that is so toxic that the human body was not designed to have to deal with. It's just overloaded. And nobody ever told you about it. Or even if they did, you don't know what to do about it when you learn about it, which is why I'm here. Because my story was this. When I started to work this system, or just when they assessed me, 
Because when you assess lymph, it's the first treatment. They released a lot of toxins in my body. And I, honestly, I felt like I got run over by a truck and then dropped out of an airplane without a parachute. I was like, oh my God, this sucks. But I was going through a detoxification, right? I'm getting rid of all this bad stuff. But the next day when I woke up, I was like, I mean, I'm nuts, man. But I think I feel like 30% better. Like I felt more energy. My brain was starting to wire and fire a little bit better. And I'm like, there's got to be something to this, man. And then from that point on, I was a man possessed and I just was relentless. And I kid you not, within one month of doing the lymphatics and then uh, tweaking a few things that I learned that I teach people, I lost because I was very overweight, puffy and swollen from uh, body fat and edema that my body laid down because I was sick. I lost 30 pounds of inflammation and fluid and waste and body fat in one month without changing anything in my training routine at all. Mm, it was just wow. clearing the lymph and getting my system to not be so toxic. And then most people say 30 pounds. I'm in man. Whatever you tell me to do, yeah. I'll yeah. clear the lymph. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, Dude, plus I just felt better. I started to look younger. My energy came back. My brain came back. I turned into a different human being. And I thought to myself, why in the hell doesn't everybody know about this stuff? But when I looked into it and I started to try to investigate lymph, there was not a lot out there. Mm -hmm. There's more now than ever before, which is nice to see because medicine is kind of coming around. But what they did see was hard to find. But what really got me is that it was presented in such a complicated way and a very overwhelming and intimidating way mm. that most people didn't even know. They're like, just forget it, right? I mean, you know better than anybody else that if you make something too complicated, complicated like that, yep. people are just going to say, I, yeah, it's nice, man, but I'm not doing it, right? Yep. Um, yep. And, and the body shuts down. And here's the frustrating part. This is what really upset me. In all of my years when I was sick, not a single medical professional that I was seeing mentioned the word lymph, right? Not, not a single one. Yeah. And, and then, and then I thought to myself too, I said, I'm in this profession for 23 years. I didn't even know about the damn thing. Right. So I, it's almost like I couldn't fault them because I didn't even know about it at that time. So my mission now is to teach everybody I can about it. You can tell I love it because I'm, I'm still answering yeah. your first question. But, uh, <laughs> and here's the biggest takeaway for me, like all of those areas, it's kind of covering what I said before, but it's really important for people that are listening that are in fitness or healthcare, because it's like, why should I care about lymph? By the end of me talking today, you will. All those areas where I'm telling you about, people have musculoskeletal pain all the time, you know, sore joints, sore muscles, and we're using all of these therapies, foam rolls and guns and creams and ointments, and they're good, mm -hmm. right? But and they're designed to do what? Take away pain and heal tissue. So I was pressing in all those regions, but not thinking of what the, the lymphatics and what role they're playing. I was just focusing on fascia, ligaments, joints, nerves, lymph. But why do I need to know that? Right. And and then here's the reason you need to know it. And we'll get into it more, but I'm gonna cut right to it. When you're sick or when you're injured, you need to heal. How do you heal? You have cells that are damaged that need to regenerate themselves but you have to make new ones as well. So chronic pain and chronic disease occurs when you lose the ability to make new cells that work. Think about that for a moment. Because if you can make new cells that work, you wouldn't freaking be sick because yeah. make new cells. 
Yeah. Zippity doodah. I'm great. So that's recovery. That's regeneration. Then I thought to myself, if that's the case, what do you need to make a new cell that works? That's logical, right? Mm-hmm. And it's t- it's really comes down to two fundamental concepts. In order to have a cell that works, it needs nutrients. Agreed? Mm-hmm. And it needs nutrients. And you get that from the stuff that you eat that gives you your energy, right? And it needs oxygen. That's kind of important. So there's that breathing thing again. So it needs nutrients. And then when a cell gets nutrients and gets oxygen, it goes through different metabolic chemical reactions, energy cycles. Some of you may remember the Krebs cycle that you had to go through for your, your cert or whatever. Right. But that creates that creates metabolic waste, cellular waste. Then you have cell waste and the cell says, hey, and I got all this waste. I got to get rid of it. So it gets rid of the waste. But if you can't get rid of the waste, it stays inside of you. And then you start to decay. Here's the important part. Even when you take in nutrients, because nutrients can't get in if waste can't get out. So the lymphatic system's job is to filter that, right? So that's why I use the body aquarium as my analogy, because people can envision this fish tank aquarium. And inside the tank, you've got a lot of water. And the water, if it's beautiful and clear and it has a really nice filter, what's the filter? The filter is the lymph mm-hmm. for your body, right? And that fluid in the tank, that's the fluid in you that your cells live. So I want you to think of your cells as the fish in that tank. If the water in the tank is great and you're taken care of, the fish can thrive as long as you feed them, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens if that filter system starts to go? Then the water in the tank turns green and you get fungus and you get bacteria and algae and it gets all slimy and stuff like that. And the fish, start to get growths on them because the fish are pooping too, right? Just like yourselves. And if you ever looked in a fish tank where the water was starting to go and you check out a fish and their mouth, they're going like this. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they doing that? Because it can't breathe because it can't get oxygen. Your cells do the same thing, man. They can't get the oxygen. So then what happens to them? They slowly D-I-E, die. They slowly perish. And it doesn't matter if you keep feeding the fish. If you keep feeding the fish and putting food in, it's more toxic, right? Mm-hmm. So when I, I ask people, said, if you want to save that fish and you want to get that tank looking good, what would you focus on? The filter, right? The filter. But we don't do that in medicine. In medicine, we do the same thing. We just replace the damn fish, right? Or, or we take the water out of the tank clean the tank, put the water back in, put new fish in, but don't touch the filter. And then two weeks later, you got the same damn problem again. So that was the answer I was looking for of why does stuff keep coming back? Why does stuff keep coming back? There's got to be something in relationship to the environment. And when you look at you look at epigenetics, which says that, you know, it's the environment that sets the tone for your health. You cannot get well in the same environment you became ill with then. So in my world, the first thing I do when I, before I see anybody is, Limp work. Limp work. I know I went on for like 30 minutes, but that's how much I love this stuff. And hopefully you're already seeing a big picture of holy cow, that's kind of an important system. We had seen your shift from just following you for a long time of how you've transitioned. And so that was 
interesting. And the, the story you just gave about the fish tank analogy, Lenny Parasino and I had talked about that and Lenny had said the same thing. He's like, we have to change our perspective on how we're viewing how we treat our clients and, and the patients. And and so I was like, well, interesting. Because he said, he goes, if a fish tank is, if you see fish dying, you automatically know what to do, but we're doing the opposite in the clinical world. And so I was like, oh, very true. So it was, it was a really eye-opening conversation I had with him. And same thing, watching you over the over the years, how you've gravitated and changed. So that's why we said, you know, together, we're like, this is something that, people need to hear about. So yeah, thank you very much. You're very welcome. And and I tried to, so here's the thing, when you start to talk about lymphatic systems to people, sometimes they're like, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Like, <laughs> you know, lymph what? Like, And why should I care? Well, first of all, if you get sick enough, you usually open your mind to possibilities. But when I started, when I tried to learn how to become a better communicator, professionally and personally, Something really stuck with me that said, and you probably know this, if you if you want to try to teach people a concept that they've never heard before, you tie it to a concept they already know. So most people know about a fish tank. Mm -hmm. So when I explain the fish tank, then you go, okay, I got lymph. I, I understand now. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. Because it's that easy. The system, in my opinion, is the most important system in the body for survival. But it's also the most neglected system that people are not looking at. And then once you learn how to take care of it, it's very simple to do. And then here's the thing. Everybody's always working their lymph. They're just doing it by accident because everybody's always moving and everybody's breathing in some way, shape, or form. But you know, once you have a structured system of what well, I give a little bit to you and then you do those things, it makes a, it makes a huge difference in your outcome. And also... You know, one of the things that was happening to me when I was uh, sick, my endurance was in the tank. I, because I was so inflamed and because I had uh, so much swelling, uh, I couldn't absorb oxygen well, like the fish, but my cardiovascular endurance was awful, right? And I would, I would literally walk up a hill and be like, <sighs> I work out all the time. Right. And I was on the treadmill and doing all those things. And I couldn't get the oxygen into my tissues because the lymphatic system is also part of your cardiovascular system. So the lymph, its system actually ends at the top of the neck, right at the collarbone, and it dumps into the veins of the body right before they go to the heart. So the lip attaches to the veins at the neck and the veins go to the heart and then it goes back out to the lungs and it goes back to the heart and then it goes out again through the blood flow. So if, you're, if your lymph is an issue, then your veins are an issue, which means your ability to get rid of carbon dioxide gets compromised which means your ability to actually have oxygen detached from the blood to go into the cell is compromised. So athletes who are struggling sometimes to get past a training plateau, they don't even know that the lymph might be the issue, right? Because nobody's, I have elite athletes and nobody talks about, you know, lymph issues. If you clear the lymph, then they usually can say, man, I ran like a damn gazelle, man. I was, wow. a, I was like, a boom. Because you just took the brakes off. And here's the interesting thing that you need to know in relationship to why this is really important for people in the fitness world. And 
Remember I told you that the lymph system's job is to take and eliminate metabolic waste, mm-hmm. cellular waste. Well, when you train and you work out, you break tissue down. That's what you do. And you want to do that because I break you down and then you recover. It's easy to break you down. Recovery is the hard part. Then you come back stronger and more resilient. You adapt to the stress so I can give you more stress. So when you're going in and I'm spending an hour kicking my ass, I'm breaking down tissue. And what am I unleashing into my body? More waste. So I'm in the gym and I'm training, trying to become better, which is wonderful. But if you're already toxic when you go in, you're going to add toxicity on top of toxicity. And your body has a couple of options at that standpoint. One, it usually will get to a point where it says, dude, this really sucks. And if you keep going, you're going to get worse. So why don't you just quit? And then most people end up quitting and they blame themselves because they have poor willpower. And I'm going to reframe that and say, you're probably quitting because your brain is smarter than you are. And it says, if you don't quit, you're going to (laughs) die. So don't do anymore. Or what it does is it actually makes you fatter Mm. because One of the things that your body does, if you can't get rid of waste effectively, it has to find a way to protect you. One of the ways it protects you is it makes you more inflamed. It holds on to fluid. You retain fluid. You actually produce a lot more mucus in your body, but you become fatter because your body uses fat cells to surround the toxicity to take it away from vital structures. So an inability to lose body fat is significantly tied to the lymphatic system. That's why I dropped 30 pounds of not just body fat, but inflammation and cellular waste in a month. So there's a lot of people that are stuck right at that one level. And I'm not saying you have to quit training. What I'm saying is you just start to release the lymphatics and in a very specific sequence, Because if you don't do it in this right sequence, you don't get the same results. And then you just let the body do its thing. I mean, that's a really important thing for people to understand. Kelly Starrett, who's a good friend of mine who wrote the Supple Leopard, you know, CrossFit Mm body, he says very similar. He said, garbage out, groceries in. That means get the crap out, then put the nutrients in. Mm -hmm. And like I said before, it, it doesn't matter if you put nutrients in because if the nutrients can't get into the cells, I don't care what the hell you eat. It doesn't matter. So that means you got to get the garbage out first. So the order makes all the difference in the world when you do it. When it comes to assessing this, right? You said you had someone go in there and go to all the lymph areas. Is that the only way to assess this? Pretty much. People in my world are really usually in bad shape when they come to see me. Chronic pain, autoimmune. I'm not the first cat you see. I'm the last one. Like, like, okay, this guy's nuts, but I've been everywhere else. I'll give it a shot. (laughs) You can't do like a blood test to see if your lymph is an issue. And blood tests for so many people show up within normal ranges, but they feel terrible. It happens so much, so often. But one of the reasons that is, is because your brain does, your body does everything it can to keep blood normalized. And that's the last place that stuff shows up, even though you're really sick. There's no like MRI I can give you to say your lymph needs an issue. Once you're familiar with lymph, it'll be by the symptoms that somebody has. And here's the thing. It can be like any any symptom you can think of. <laughs> I mean, it can be so many of them. But I usually tell people, if you, the more symptoms you have, the more likely that you have lymph issue. And then it's knowing where to assess these regions on the body. 
and then you look for puffiness or swelling or tenderness that you have around an, an area or uh, pain in those regions, those usually be your best indicators for that. And then that's how you know. Here's the beautiful thing about it is that when you assess these areas, when you assess, you start to free stuff up that's already stuck there just from your assessment. Because the nodes gather, and when the nodes get obstructed, you need to just manually go in there and stimulate around a region to free stuff up, right? It's just kind of like going in and removing the rocks from the stream that are that are backed up, right? We do that. And just the assessment, most people say, wow, that was kind of tender or that was kind of painful, puffy, bloated, things like that. They're usually the biggest symptoms that you you have. And once you know how to look for them, it's very, very easy to find. And here's my here's my running joke. I usually tell people, how do you know you have a limb problem? And I'm like, well, I make it very simple. You're breathing. <laughs> That's how I know you have a limp problem. So you need you need to have some work done on it because I'm pretty sure nobody has. And if you come to see me through this door, I'm in my office, I already know it's going to be an issue in some way, shape or form because people have had things for many, many years. I don't know how much of a significant role it's going to play, but I know it is going to play a role in it because this because um, the all the other systems of your body that we're trying to affect, they live inside the tank. So that's why you want to do lymphatic work first before you do the other things, all right, of all different types. And then that's it. Very, very simple. So it's probably pretty difficult to find practitioners then that are to have comprehensive knowledge of how to handle the lymphatic system. Uh, it, it really is, honestly. There's not many people that are familiar with it in the medical community because nobody ever talked about it to me. But even if they are, they don't really know what to do about it. Maybe you'll hear something of like, okay, this, you ever heard of a compression socks or people get swelling in their feet and ankles when they fly on a plane, stuff mm -hmm. like that. That's kind of like lymph issues, edema issues. Then they'll usually tell you to get some type of compression sock or stocking or things like that. Why, why would that work? because they're compressing fluid and trying to move fluid oh. up and out, right? Mm -hmm. So even if they did hear about it, they wouldn't know what to do about it. And I was trying to empower people to, to know, first of all, know about it, because that that's in and of itself is really empowering, because if you don't know what you don't know, right? but it's like you can't unsee it once you know about it, mm -hmm. then you'll look for it. And here's the thing that happens when, when I, because I spend two days talking about this system and I tie it to in-depth explanation of how it ties to all the other systems of your brain. I'm going to blow your mind up and then I'm going to show you how to take care of it. When I show you how to take care of it, this is the response that I always get. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Because I build it up, I build it up, I build it up, and they're expecting this huge, like, big, complicated thing. And I'm like, no, like, all you got to do is rub and slap these six places and you're going to be good, right? And then because it's basic, it's fundamental, and those are the ones that are the building blocks for everything else above. So they're blown away by it, and they, they don't think it will work because it's so simple. And then here's the next thing they say. If this stuff was so powerful, why the hell didn't somebody tell me about it 
a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, my answer is always the same. That's a really good question because I'm asking <laughs> myself that every day. They should have. Effective things don't have to be complicated. And then so they have that initial reaction of it can't, it can't be that simple. But Dan John, one of my, my favorite people in the world, Coach Dan John, also said people don't realize how difficult it is to make something simple. So I make it look simple for you because I've done the heavy lifting on your part. Uh, and I want you to understand why rubbing and slapping these six places is so powerful because people who see it and don't understand it or sometimes mock it because it seems so simple. I don't, that tells me one thing. They don't know jack squat about physiology and neurology. That's what that tells me because if you do, you would understand why that is so powerful by the end. So I 